You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Nick Mangold, part of the 2010 Jets, a team that was on HBO's Hard Knocks, a team that you might recall, Jet fans, went to the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. And I want to talk about Hard Knocks now because if you missed it, Aaron Rodgers was on the record for the very first time about the Jets being selected or, as he would say, forced into doing HBO's Hard Knocks. He spoke to KPIX-TV in Lake Tahoe at that celebrity golf tournament where Steph Curry hit a hole in one today, which is just ridiculous because that guy is seemingly good at everything. But this was the Jet quarterback being asked about the Jets being on Hard Knocks. One of the only things I like about Hard Knocks is the voice of God who narrates it, Liv. I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the, the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team, a lot of expectations for our squad. So they force it down our throats, and we got to deal with it. So Aaron Rodgers says that, and you would have thought he said something so outrageous because all the headlines were Aaron Rodgers slams Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers rips the NFL and HBO for forcing the Jets to be on Hard Knocks when – I've actually watched the interview. He's smiling. He's laughing. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that upset that the Jets are on hard knocks. You don't want to play for the Jets, and then you're afraid of some cameras. So this idea that, oh, you know, this is bad for Rodgers, I I don't buy that for a second. And then there's the narrative, well, you know, hard knocks is this huge distraction for the Jets. And I'm thinking to myself as a diehard Jet fan, God, the last time I did this show was the last time I had a winning season. Of consequence, I don't count 2015 where they choked in Buffalo. They had the longest playoff drought in the NFL, that have one winning season, if you want to count 2015, since the last time they've done the show. This idea that Hard Knocks will have any, a, a, any impact on their record is nonsense. And I'll ask Nick Mangold about this coming up at 7.30 tonight. But Damian Woody, who played on that 2010 team and, of course, works for ESPN as a football analyst, he tweeted this the day it was announced the Jets were doing Hard Knocks. Quote, for anyone saying Hard Knocks is a distraction for the Jets, It's nonsense. The people at NFL Films do a wonderful job of just blending in behind the scenes. You trade for A-Rod, this is what you get. Embrace it and have fun because we damn sure did back in 2010. And that's the right mentality. Was Hard Knocks a distraction for the Lions last year when they went from a projected six wins or five and a half for you sports bettors out there to smashing their win total in Vegas and winning nine games? Their head coach Dan Campbell is now one of the darlings of the NFL because he came across so likable on that show. Yeah, you know, it's just the, the oh, it's the well, it's Aaron Rodgers, hard knocks, distraction. This is doom and gloom for the Jets. It's just using the Jets for clicks. It's a lazy narrative. Look, I understand Robert Sala didn't want to be on the show, but he's going to have to deal with it, and he will. Robert Sala, I believe, didn't want to be on the show because there's another thing on his list he has to do now, right? He has to sit down with HBO every week. A lot of people don't realize this. The head coach and the GM, they get to sit down with NFL Films and HBO They get to watch the episode every week before it airs, and they get to say what they want in there and what they prefer to be taken out of there. And NFL Films honors those requests. That's why, if you remember, when the Raiders did the show a couple years back and Antonio Brown was being a moron with his feet and his helmet and that whole incident cursing out Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they didn't show any of that. It was the worst season ever because the Raiders got rid of all that from being aired on national TV. So NFL Films is not TMZ. This is not gotcha journalism. They're not trying to make the Jets look bad. And the Jets were the team that could not say no because they were one of the four that fit the criteria. Right? They have not made the playoffs in longer than two years. It's only been 12, but who's counting? They don't have a first-year head coach. And they haven't done the show in 10 years. The last time they did it was 13 years ago. So this is what you get. You had Aaron Rodgers. 
deal with being on Hard Knocks, which if you're a Jet fan, you should be pumped because it's going to be fun. There's going to be entertainment, and I can't wait. And if you still think it's going to be this big distraction, why don't we hear from the general manager of the New York Jets the last time they were actually on HBO's Hard Knocks. So this was Mike Tannenbaum. He was on first take the other day, and he was asked, is Hard Knocks a good idea for the Jets? It is. In 2009, I said to NFL Films, no way, we don't want you. And a year later, they came in and came back to us, and we had a great training camp. Players actually compete at a higher level, knowing that the eyes of the football world are on them. As you mentioned, we went to the championship game, so we had a great experience. But I was reticent like Coach Sala. I would just tell him, embrace it. You got Aaron Rodgers, and you have nothing to hide. We had a lot of really good players, maybe not an Aaron Rodgers, but what it did do is it was a bonding experience being in Cortland, New York, with NFL Films, and again, the result speaks for itself. And Freddie, I would say this. When you trade for Aaron Rodgers in March, you got to know that this is coming. So I'd be surprised and disappointed if the Jets were surprised by this decision. Bingo. Tannenbaum nails it. And he was the GM of the team. He was originally against being on the show in 09. Then they did it in 2010. And it was a great experience for him. Here's more from Mike Tannenbaum saying that you actually forget Hard Knocks is there when you're on the show. You know, Ryan, this is hard to believe my answer, but... After about two to three days, you actually forget the cameras are there because they're everywhere, and they sort of just blend in. And I had a very contentious holdout with Darrell Rivas and his agents. They heard every (laughs) conversation, and yet, you know, despite that, we were able to get a deal done meeting at the Roscoe Diner about ten times. But the point (laughs) is, you, you wind up acting normally because they're around all the time, and then you just trust that what actually makes it on air is acceptable. And again... We took the pauses out of it and had, you know, a tremendous experience. And here's one more from Mike Tannenbaum talking about a giant misconception surrounding Hard Knocks and NFL Films. But one of the things that NFL Films does a great job of is they're not trying to embarrass anybody. Mm -hmm. And they know part of it is they want to have Hard Knocks in 2024. And Mm -hmm. so the experience has to be a positive one. And they do a great job of making it entertaining taking you behind closed doors, and there'll be bumps in the road. There will be mistakes by this offense. Garrett Wilson is young. Brees Hall is young. That's just part of the maturation process, but I think that's different than that actually making the show. I mean, what more do you need than the GM of the team the last time they did the show telling you all that? So can we stop with this lazy narrative that the Jets doing hard knocks will have some sort of negative impact on their season? Look, let me tell you, we're not doing same old Jets BS on July 15th. We're just not. If you're a Jet fan and you're not excited for this upcoming season, you need to seek help. Because why be a fan if you're not excited for the fact that this team that has a top five defense, the rating offensive and defensive rookies of the year, and an Aaron Rodgers to it, who is all in, invested, wants to win, understands what winning with the Jets would do for his legacy and for this franchise. If you're not excited after all that, and you're, you're going to sit here and say hard knocks has you worried, or it's going to be you know a detriment to the team, it's going to cost them, then why be a fan? Because you can't enjoy anything. The Jets actually need hard knocks, right? Because they have not met the playoffs since they last did the show. So maybe they should do hard knocks every year, all right? Because they're batting 1,000 and going to the playoffs when they do the show. I just, I don't understand the, oh, man, it's going to be so bad. I'm going to quote Bart Scott. Can't wait. I can't wait to watch this. You kidding me? Whether it's Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whenever it is. Inject hard knocks into my veins. Like, as a Jet fan, I can't wait. And the fact that one Jets drive, which the Jets in-house production, is still going to be around this summer on Mondays now, you can't feed me enough Jet content. 
Now, when the season actually starts and, you know, the Jets jet it up potentially, then, you know, obviously I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be devastated. But for right now, I, I'm going to enjoy the fact that for at least this summer, the Jets are the talk of the NFL, and there's hope and legitimate excitement for the right reasons. You know, this is not us as Jet fans trying to sell ourselves on, you know, what what if Adam Gase is actually pretty good? You know, maybe Christopher Johnson knows more than we think. You know, what if Adam Gase is actually, to quote him, coaching football to where it's going? Or what if Zach Wilson could take this big leap when we're trying to sell ourselves on that? Or Sam Darnold, or insert whatever quarterback has let us down in Jet history. Hey, you have Aaron Rodgers. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Nick Mangold's going to join us at 7.30. I'll ask him about hard knocks and whether or not he thinks it's a good or bad thing that the Jets are going to be on the show. It's Jake Asman with you, 800-919-3776, 800-919-3776. Jet fans, are you excited about hard knocks? Are you pumped up? I don't think Robert Sala is going to go full Rex Ryan and you know tell everyone about eating a, a GD snack. I don't think we're going to get that. But I, I think Robert Sala will come across really well on the show. He's likable. Players rave about his motivation tactics. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come across as incredibly likable on this show. Everyone behind closed doors says how great of a guy Rodgers is. Great teammate. Go listen to what Garrett Wilson has said about him since he's been here. Or Brees Hall, who was interviewed on NFL Network the other day. So I think Rodgers has been a little coy when he talks about, you know, oh, well, you know, they they forced it down our throats. We got to now deal with it. I think he's going to like it. And he's probably, as Mike Tannenbaum, you heard him say in those cuts I played, He's probably going to forget the cameras are even there. And you know what's going to be awesome as a Jet fan? Watching highlights of practice of Sauce guarding Garrett Wilson one-on-one. Getting a chance to see, you know, the Makai Becton comeback story. Zach Wilson trying to figure out his career and be a star in the preseason. Like, if you're a Jet fan, be excited, man. If not now, then when are you ever going to be excited for this football team? Three weeks from tonight, I'll be in Canton, and Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko are being enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like, it's a good time to be a Jet fan right now. You know, usually, you know, the Jets' best months are, you know, April and May, but now we get a, a couple of really good months in late July, August, and I think we're going to get some really good months in September, October, November, December, January, and from your lips to God's ears, February. My hope is the Jets make two trips to Vegas this year, but it's not crazy. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they have a chance to do it. Just like they had a chance to do it in 2010, the last time they did hard knocks, and went all the way to the AFC title game for the second year in a row. You know, to quote Rex Ryan, same old Jets right back in the AFC championship game. Haven't sniffed it since, but maybe they need hard knocks to do it. 800-919-3776. Jeff fans, how are we feeling about hard knocks? Quinn and Williams signs. We'll talk more about the Jets in the next segment. Plus, Jet legend Nick Mangold's joining us at 7.30 tonight. Keep it right here. It's Jake Asman hanging out with you till 10 o'clock on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. And hard knocks and the New York Jets. I'm all for it. I think if you think it's a distraction, you're just not paying attention or you're looking for a typical, ah, same old Jets when it's everything but. Let's go to Todd in Manhattan. He wants in on the Jets' conversation. And if you're just tuning in, Nick Mangle joins us in about 10 minutes. Todd, what do you got for us your first up the segment? Uh, yes, Jake, first time, long time. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I just want to talk to you real quick about Rob Sala and uh, what your expectations not only for you are, obviously for the team that he coaches, but just in general, if he's on the hot seat or not. I appreciate the call, Todd. Yes, Robert Sala 
is on the hot seat from this standpoint. They got to make the playoffs. Do I like Robert Sala as a human being? I do. Do I think he's a pretty good coach? Uh, Jeff fans, I do. All right, Robert Sala took over a team that had one of the worst rosters in the league, if not the worst roster in the league. He's had a net quarterback play basically since he's been here. He went 4-13 and in year one, 7-10 and in year two. Is 10 wins over two years good enough? No. But at least with Robert Sala, we could see the improvement, right? The defense went from 32nd to top five in every category this past year. They were 6-3 and three before the injuries. You know, they were 7-4. and four. You know, if they just had competent quarterback play last year, I think we all agree this was a Jets team that was good enough to be a playoff team. It's hard to win without a quarterback. Right? As great as Bill Belichick is, he's missed the playoffs in eight of his ten years as a head coach without Tom Brady. And that's Bill Belichick. All right, Pete Carroll was 7-9 and nine and 7-9 and nine his first two years in Seattle, and then Russell Wilson showed up. All right, Kyle Shanahan, the great Kyle Shanahan, who Salah learned under, 6-10 and 10 and then 4-12 and 12 his first two years. They went to the Super Bowl in his third year. So is Robert Sala perfect? No, but the idea we know what he is as a head coach, we don't. At least he's good on his side of the ball. He hired Nate Hackett. He deserves credit for that. That got you Aaron Rodgers. You know, is Robert Sala Vince Lombardi? No, but I don't think we know truly what he is yet. But to answer the caller's question, is he on the hot seat? If this team misses the playoffs, I don't think he's here next year. That'd be three years in a row without the postseason. And if you're Woody Johnson paying Aaron Rodgers $100 million, I, I think you got to make the playoffs, right? After you, you add Aaron freaking Rodgers to your team. But there was a caller earlier to Ty Butler's show. And, you know, I'm listening to this, and I almost fell off my couch when I heard a caller try and say that Salah's close to Adam Gase. I mean, Adam Gase went 7-9 and in year one, but they started 1-7. and And look at the teams they beat down the stretch that year. Right, the Bills with Matt Barkley, Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. When they played a good team, the Ravens, they got blown out on Thursday Night Football. And by the way, Sam Darnold was better than Zach Wilson, so Gase had a better quarterback. So they finished 7-9, and cool. What happened in 2020? They went 2-14. and So we're going to try and sit here and say Adam Gase, who had like the worst point differential in Jet history, it was somehow better than Salah because he technically has won one more game over their first two years. That's silly. Sean McVay was 5-12 and 12 last year, the great Sean McVay, because they had injuries and Matt Stafford was out. You have no quarterback. You got to have a quarterback, folks. This year will give us an accurate indication on what Robert Salah is. There's pressure on him. But you rather this than being a team that's expected to do nothing which is what they would be if they ran it back with Zach Wilson. I mean, we'll find out what Robert Sala is as a head coach. I think he deserves credit for recognizing he made a mistake with Mike LaFleur and then hiring Nate Hackett. His side of the ball is outstanding. Players want to play for him. You know, the Jet defense last year, despite having no quarterback to help them, 29th in scoring on offense, the Jets defense allowed 18.6 points per game. So do we know what Robert Sala is? I mean... I don't know if he's a great coach, but he's not Adam Gase. I'll tell you that much. Good God. Let's go back to the phones right now, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Rob in Levittown. Rob, you're excited for Hard Knocks, I'm hoping, right, Rob? Hey, Jake. First off, I just got to say it's great to hear you on the radio uh, here in New York. I'm a big fan of your YouTube content. Thank you. But, yeah, I, I am absolutely psyched for this Hard Knocks. You know, if you had asked me a couple of months ago, I definitely would have had my reservations about it, you know, but 
especially hearing your enthusiasm for it and then reflecting back on how great Hard Knocks was back in 2010 with all the fun we had watching those ones. And, you know, and hearing these players come out in support of it and Mike Tannenbaum as well, it, it really has just gotten me psyched up. And, uh, you know, I, I really can't wait to hear you talk to, to Nick Mangold and get his perspective on it as well. Yeah, thank you so much for the call, Rob, and the kind words. I'm with you. Like, I Here's what I would say to every Jet fan. Because I'm actually convinced a lot of the Jet fans are just complaining. One, they love to complain because Jet fans and Met fans, we love to complain. I know that. But I'm convinced they have not either seen the show or they forget how good it was in 2010. And I would encourage every Jet fan to go on YouTube when you're done listening to me because you got to listen to every hour, every minute of this program tonight, folks, especially in the next six minutes when Nick Mangle comes on the program. But go back on YouTube and search Hard Knocks Jets, and they have all five episodes of 2010 up there. They have all of them. So you could go back and you could actually watch all the Hard Knocks episodes and see how fun it was. And it wasn't just Rex. Rex was great, but you had great personalities on that team. And by the way, you know, one of the big you know issues that summer was the Revis holdout, as Mike Tannenbaum talked about in those cuts I played last segment. And you don't have to worry about that this year with the Jets. There will be no Roscoe Diner Part 2 with Quinn and Williams. They got the deal done. Joe Douglas is not Mike Tannenbaum. This deal's done. So embrace hard knocks. It will have no impact on the wins or losses. And if you're one of those Jeff fans that's excited for the year and confident about the year, why wouldn't you want everything documented so you can have more things to consume as you get set for this season? And when we got the Hall of Fame game, which is going to be a Jet party with Klecko and Revis three weeks from today. And we got hard knocks. Like, it's it's fun to be a Jet right now. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers play golf today. I'm so excited at some Lake Tahoe celebrity event. You know, they asked him, by the way, oh, uh, you know, what's what's the big difference between Packers fans and Jet fans? And he's like, well, you know, Packers fans are, you know, they're kind of mellow. They're kind of chill. And then, you know, Jet fans, they really want you to know that they're going to do the Jet chant. And he did a Jet chant in the interview on, I think it was Golf Channel, which, you know, as a Jet fan, I mean, my God. Uh, just hearing Aaron Rodgers do a Jet chant and realizing he's our quarterback uh, what more do you need? If you're not excited about the season, I don't know what to tell you. Let's squeeze in another call here. Mr. Bonesy in NYC. Bonesy, you're up next on the Jake Asman Show here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? Hey, what's up, my guy? What's going on? What's up, Bonesy? Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, man, I just wanted to talk about, like, well, it's great first off hearing you on uh, the radio. I can really get used to this. <laughs> uh, I feel like with Hard Knocks coming, maybe prematurely, when we all heard Robert Sala's comments on it, maybe we felt like, well, we shouldn't do it. Like, oh, we as fans should feel like we should back Robert Sala. And that's what they want. You heard players talking about it. But now that we're on it, we got to, as fans, embrace this. This is going to be, we're going to get one jet drive and hard knocks. Hard knocks is going to bring so much, like, into, like, all the bubble roster players that were interested because, you know, all of us nerds geeking on, like, what six receivers going to make it and, you know, Denzel Mims and players <laughs> like that who are they going to make the team. It's, we just really got to all come together and be like, this is – we got to embrace this Aaron Rodgers effect. With him in control, I feel like this is only going to bring positive and, you know, like, like you played on that Tannenbaum loop – uh, it, it makes the team come together. The camaraderie is going to get even stronger than it is. You know, it's just exciting times coming, man. Bonesy, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Embrace it. Look, the Jets couldn't say no. So what are they going to do? Uh, you know, let it affect them? I, I promise you this. 
if the New York Jets don't reach their goals this year, they miss the playoffs, whatever the story is, it's not going to be because they get an HBO show in July and August. It's just not. It's going to be because they weren't good enough. If Hard Knocks is such a big distraction, how are they dealing with six primetime games? How are they dealing with opening night against the Bills on September 11th? Or week two, nationally televised game, I'll be at, at Jerry World against the Cowboys. Or Sunday Night Football week four against the Chiefs. Like, come on. If this team is as good as a lot of Jet fans think they are, and I think on paper they have one of the more talented teams in the league, and they were a quarterback away and they got Aaron Rodgers, then hard knocks will not be the reason why they don't reach their goals. We'll talk to Nick Mangold in the next segment. If there's anyone that knows about being on hard knocks, it's Nick Mangold, who was on the 2010 Jets and was featured heavily in the HBO show 13 years ago. Nick Mangold joining us next on 98.7 ESPN New York. Keep it right here. Nick Mangold joining the show, talking Jets, Hard Knocks, and much more next. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. We're honored to be joined by one of the great players in the history of the Jets, a member of their ring of honor. Nick Mangold joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Nick, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on and being the very first guest on the show tonight. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the honor. So let me start with this, Nick. I mean, you're now in the Jets ring of honor. You were inducted last season. I mean, does it ever get old being introduced as a member of the (laughs) Jets ring of honor? No, not at all. Um, You know, it's something that's very special um, and it's it's a great honor. Um, And so anytime it gets brought up, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I also saw that you were named to the Ohio State Hall of Fame, so you're having you know quite the run the last you know calendar year, Nick. I know. I um, I don't know who I tricked over Ohio State, but you know it works for me. So uh, that'll be fun <laughs> being able to get back to to Columbus um, and spend some time with with guys I haven't seen in years. So um, I'm super excited about that as well. You know, before we get to the current Jets, I want to ask you about Darrell Revis, who, of course, you know, three weeks from tonight is going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. First ballot guy. You spent a lot of time with Darrell. When you think back to his career, what are some of the things that stand out? Um, well, I mean, obviously, great player and, and all that. But uh, I think the biggest thing was the competitiveness. And I think that's what made him, you know, that much more special. Um, the fact that he would go out and he wouldn't want anybody to catch a ball on him, even in a walkthrough. Um, and so I, I think seeing that kind of level um, of competing and the, the effort to make his craft the best that it could be, uh, was pretty impressive. You know, you guys kind of came in together. You, of course, part of the draft the year before he was drafted. I mean, is there a sense of pride seeing a guy like Darrell go in, knowing that you and him were kind of the faces of the offense and the defense during your time with the Jets? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's somebody, um, you know, I remember when it was a time for contract time with me, DeBrickshaw, Darrell, and uh, Dave Harris. You know, we kind of got our own little core four. Um, and so that's a, a nice little bond to have there. Nick Mangle joining us here. Jake Asman with you on 98.7 ESPN. So, Nick, when you think back to Darrell's career and, of course, your career, you guys are part of that 09 team, that 2010 team, back-to-back trips to the championship game. And now, for the first time in a while, as a Jet fan, and I think for every Jet fan listening, we feel like this year's team has a chance to maybe be on the same talent level as those teams with Rex and you guys. Your thoughts when you look at this year's Jets roster and what they have a chance to do? Yeah, I mean, on paper, we look great. And, you know, I think a big thing is going to be as long as we can stay healthy um, and continue to grind the way that Coach Sala is going to have him grind. And um, there's a good opportunity. But, you know, it, it cautiously optimistic as we sit here in July um, because I don't want to put too much uh, pressure on him. But, you know, I, I 
am looking forward to, um, you know, some meaningful games as, as we go through the season. You mentioned Robert Sala. I know you've been around him before and you know some guys that have obviously played under him. Your thoughts on what he is as a head coach and just how important he is now going into year three? Oh, I think he's very important. I think the guys take to him. Um, I think he is he's a great mixture of a player's coach um, and, you know, a, a hardline coach. Um, I think he gets demands the most out of his players and, and they want to do that for him. Um, you know, he's <clears throat> he's obviously a devoted family man and um, you know, I think that helps when you, you see his kids running around. Uh, our kids are about the same ages, so um, it's pretty neat seeing his kids running around. Um, and, and that kind of level of um, commitment that is required uh, is something special. And I think Robert puts that in. Um, and, and I'm excited to see where they go with this year three. You know, now that the system's fully installed, everything's in place. Um, and, and we have a quarterback, uh, strong defense. Hopefully the offensive line holds up, stays healthy. Um, we do some things. I want to get into the offensive line with you here in a moment, but Robert Sala, I believe, has seven kids, Nick Mangold. I mean, could you mm -hmm. imagine having seven? How many kids do you even have? I have four. So <laughs> I, 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 don't, um, I don't envy that of, uh, of adding another three to my brood, but, um, you know, it is pretty neat seeing them all running around, playing, having a good time. Um, and, you know, he, he is pretty – he's involved with his kids. You know, um, our kids overlap, like I said, and so sometimes we have different sports teams together. Um, and so it's neat watching them cheers kids on, uh, just as the rest of us are. You mentioned the offensive line. Obviously, you could speak to this, you know, as well, if not better than anyone. The Jets' offensive line on paper, I think there's talent there. They obviously dealt with a tremendous amount of injuries last year. When you look at this offensive line, Dick, what are some of the keys for this team to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers? Um, you know, I think that's the, the, the joy of having Aaron Rodgers is that um, he will make you better. Um, and so I don't think it, there isn't such a huge honest put on um, an offensive line as if we had a rookie quarterback. Um, but I think the big thing for these guys is, is staying healthy. Like you mentioned last year, we had a ton of injuries. The year before, a ton of injuries. Um, but the talent level is there. Uh, just make sure these guys stay healthy um, throughout the season because that, that will not only lead um, to better protection but more cohesiveness. Uh, they'll get better as the year goes on. They can all stay, the, the same five can stay together. So it, the injuries thing is, is going to be a big one. We're talking with Nick Mangle, Jets Ring of Honor member, one of the great players in the history of their franchise. He's our guest here on 98.7 ESPN. Jake Asma with you till 10 p.m. Nick, let me ask you about your experience in 2008 with the Jets. And, of course, the Brett Favre trade, and he comes on board in August. You're the one snapping the football to Brett Favre. Your thoughts on that whole experience, like when it comes to now Rodgers doing it, is he had such a bigger advantage than Brett because he had the full offseason pretty much with the Jets? Yeah, so I think that's, that is the biggest takeaway um, between the difference between Favre and, and Aaron is that, um, you know, Aaron showed up when we were already at a preseason game in Cleveland, Ohio, um, or Brett showed up in, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Aaron's been here, and so I think that – uh, longevity and Aaron has made it clear that he wanted to come here, wanted to be uh, play for the New York Jets. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's something that's big, a uh, big difference for me. Um, but it is, it was crazy then back in 08 when, when Brett just showed up. Um, I remember the first practice, we had a fumble snap. It was his fault, not mine, obviously. Um, <laughs> and we were, we, Mangini had us run a lap. And I remember when we got back into the locker room, um, one of the equipment guys said, well, your lap is already up on YouTube. And I think YouTube had just started maybe the year before. I was like, I don't even know what YouTube is. 
um, but it was someone had recorded it and, and put it up there. So uh, it was definitely a, a whole whirlwind of craziness that I think w- what I'm hoping has already happened for Aaron and the Jets that they got that out of the way because we had that in training camp. You know that all that initial excitement has already passed. You know, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and his career, Nick, I, I mean, as an offensive lineman, when you have that guy at quarterback and you experienced it with Brent, like just the, the confidence he gives to the entire team, is that something that could lead to wins? Like just his presence alone, is that something that inspires the rest of the locker room? Yeah, I think a big thing is, you know, when you know that you're playing with a surefire Hall of Famer, um, you want to up your game to, to try to match his. And so I think that'll go not only for the offense, but for the defense as well. Like, hey, you know, let's give Aaron an opportunity to get out there and make plays. Um, so we need to stop him here on this third down. So I think it can it can definitely uh, permeate through the whole team. Nick Mangold is our guest here on 98.7 ESPN. Jake Asbitt hanging out with you until 10 p.m. Nick, the Jets might have a rookie center starting for them on opening night against the Buffalo Bills. Joe Tittman from Wisconsin. I mean, you were in his shoes back at the beginning of your career, starting as a rookie at center for the New York Jets. So your thoughts on what? Joe Tittman's going through as he's trying to win this job this summer in training camp. Yeah, it's going to be a battle for him. Um, and I think that's, that's a good thing, you know, instead of just being handed to you, um, you know, having to work for it. And if he is the best man out there, it, it's going to be, there's a lot of learning curves. Thank God for him though. Uh, if he is out there that he has Aaron Rodgers behind him uh, who he can lean on. Um, and, you know, I was very fortunate at the start of my career at Chad Pennington um, who was as smart as guy as I've ever known. Um, and he definitely helped me out a lot uh, as we were going through. But if it is going to be a rookie center out there, you know, you got to rely on your guards to have that veteran presence to try to bring him along um, and help him out as, as best we can. Um, so it'll be a fun battle to watch through this training camp. You know, another guy on this offensive line that has high expectations surrounding him, a lot of unknowns surrounding him, is Makai Becton. He's coming off injury. He hasn't played in two years. What are your thoughts on Makai? He's essentially playing for his Jet career this season as they declined his fifth-year option. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's he's really put the work in. I, I saw him uh, this spring um, and he looks great, you know, and I think that hopefully will help with the injury side. I mean, it, it stinks when you're dealing with injuries and you don't get to show your talent level. Um, but I think he has taken this offseason to put himself in the best position possible to stay healthy um, so that way he can show his talent. Because, I mean, he is he is a massive human and he, he can move people and he can protect. Um, and so hopefully he stays healthy so he can show uh, that he can be the long term solution. The Jets were announced as the Hard Knocks team officially the other day. I, I think we all had a pretty good idea this was coming as they were one of the teams that could not say no. You're the perfect person to ask all things Hard Knocks, too, because you were a part of the 2010 team with Rex Ryan that obviously did the show and you guys went to the championship game that season. What do you remember the most about being on Hard Knocks back in 2010? <coughs> um, I think just the excitement level of it, you know, being being the team that's, that's showcased um, and some of the antics that go on through it. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways for me personally was the the amount of production that went into it from, you know, they're filming all the time. So they film, I think the show airs on Tuesdays. So they're filming, you know, Tuesday through, I think it's usually they kind of cut out Sunday. And they got to take all that film. They got to chop it all up, make a whole TV show and and pump it out. And the the ability to do that is impressive, like watching the whole machine. Um, I don't think as players, it's a great opportunity because you get to showcase, you know, um, your personality and, and some of the antics that go on. 
I know the coaches don't particularly care for it because they find it as a distraction, but I mean, there's so many cameras around as it is. Um, it really just kind of blends in, you know, after probably about after the first day, you don't even notice it anymore. Uh, and it just becomes, um, you know, second or old nature. Um, and so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun for me now as a fan being able to watch. It. I didn't really like watching it when I was playing because you see some of the inner workings. You're like, ah, I know that guy. Like, they're talking about him getting cut. Like, that, that's weird. Um, but this year it'll be fun um, just to see it and witness it and, and watch the progress that the training camp goes through. Is there a memory from that season of the show that you obviously were a part of that stands out? Uh, yeah, Rex put me on blast for being at Taco Bell after a preseason game. Um, you know, he was there too. So I think he should, he failed to mention that part. That's outstanding. I thought you were going to go with the, the Rex, you know, let's go eat a, you know, GD snack speech that obviously (laughs) became infamous and famous, if you will, from that, from that. That was, that was famous. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot of good moments in there. You know, Mike, Mike T, uh, falling, trying to catch a punt. Um, that was always a classic one. So. Um, there are little things that come out of it that are, that are pretty neat. And if you really embrace it and enjoy it, I think it can be great for the players. Nick Mangold is our guest here on 98.7 ESPN. So, Nick, Aaron Rodgers already came out and he said, hey, you know, they're forcing us to do it. We got to deal with it. Do you think he should just embrace it? Like, I think Aaron Rodgers might come across as a really likable guy on this show, especially if he's all, all in trying to help his young teammates get up to speed and learn the offense. Yeah, I think Aaron's probably playing coy on it a little bit, um, where I think he will embrace it and – and be able to showcase a little bit. I mean, you don't say that you want to come to the New York Jets to hide. Um, and so this is a great opportunity to um, to really show w- what you're doing and, and kind of give a little bit insight into his personality. And, and uh, you know, I know he's a, a funny guy and he's a very deep-thoughted guy. So um, I think that'll definitely come to shine. Mike Tannenbaum was on first take the other day, and he said the hard knocks practices that summer – were actually beneficial for you guys because he felt like the team played harder knowing the spotlight was on them, the cameras were there. You were at those practices. You were a part of them, obviously. Do you agree with Mike Tannenbaum? Yeah, I think there was a little element of, hey, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot on, you know, uh, HBO. So um, <clears throat> I think that, that is a small element to it. And, um, you know, but it's at the same time, you know, you, you, there's a fine line of, of trying hard to not look like an idiot and then trying hard um, to show off. And so I think that you got to be, you got to find right where that line is and not go over because then, you know, it becomes more of like, Oh, look at me, look at me. Um, and you're not getting what you need to get out of the practices. So when you look at now the, the, you know, the state of this jets team, Nick, like what is a player going through, you know, less than a week out from reporting the training camp, take us inside what a player's feeling as they're getting ready, especially this season, if you're a jet player, knowing what the expectations are. Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're, I think this last week, right before training camp, you're, you're in the mindset of like, this is my, my last time to, to really decompress um, because it's going to get ramped up. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're stressing over the expectations and, and everything now, um, it's only going to get worse. So I think I'm hoping that most of the players are taking this opportunity. You know, you spend your last couple of days with your family um, and you just kind of relax a little bit and, and get in the mindset and, and get yourself in a good spot, ready to come to work. We're talking with, of course, the great Nick Mangold, a legendary member of the New York Jets, inducted into their ring of honor during week one of the season. You're listening to ESPN 98.7. So, Nick, you're also a famous owner of a barbecue sauce line, 74 Barbecue. So, I've got a couple questions on this. One, 
When are you and Sauce Gardner going to partner up and do some sort of jet-related barbecue sauce? And two, how's the barbecue business, man? That's incredible. Yeah, uh, Sauce, is a, he's too famous for me. So um, <laughs> I'll, I figure I'll, I'll try to get a hold of him at some point. But um, it would be a good idea. Uh, you know, just kind of lends itself to it. But uh, barbecue sauce is, is wild. You know, it's, it's one of those things where um, I was making the sauce in my, in my kitchen. Um, I've been doing it for years. And... It, got brought to me and was like, Hey, do you want to, you want to bottle that? And so I was like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. So we go through the whole process and everything. And I find out how much actually goes into each bottle of, of sauce, you know, between label design, the bottle design, you know, anything and everything logos. Um, and so I was definitely a, a fun learning experience. Um, and now we're at the point where we're starting to get good traction um, and getting it out. And it's, it's kind of a labor of love. Um, you know, I've got the original and I've got the spicy, um, and you know, it, it's, we also have a, a great charitable component where we get back to answer the call, um, portion of the proceeds go to answer the call, which is a charity in New York city, um, that works with, um, the fallen first responders, uh, their families. And so it, it's, that's a neat thing for me too. Um, cause I've been working with answer the call for a long time. So now adds a, a monetary component to it. Um, and it's just, it's fun to share food. You know, when you make something good and, and you have your friends or family over, um, and everyone's sitting around the table and, and they're all enjoying it, you know, that makes you, that makes you smile. Um, and so if I can get my sauce out and people, when people say, Hey man, I tried your sauce and it's amazing. Um, you know, that warms your heart. And so it's pretty neat. And so, um, I'm having a lot of fun with it and just now the real process is trying to get out to, to people. Um, you know, a lot of people don't want to take on. A, um, a, a small company and so it, it's just it's pushing trying to push it and trying to get it as many places as possible so uh, people don't have to pay the shipping costs you know buying it online i saw online that you actually sent some bottles of sauce to joe tipman who was a player we already talked about the jets for, you know second round pick that might start at center mm-hmm. uh, you got to get them under the fold quick um and so it was uh it was one of those things you know, as soon as i saw it was a center draft it was like i'm gonna get that kid some sauce and um, you know, had it sitting in his locker waiting for him when he showed up for uh, the rookie mini, mini camp. A couple more for Nick Mangold here, and then we'll wrap up on 98.7 ESPN. Quinn Williams, Nick, I mean, the Jets had to pay this guy. Every Jet fan's pumped. They got a deal done. There won't be a Roscoe Diner, Mike Tannenbaum, Darrell Revis hard knock situation uh, here in 2023 with Quinn and Joe Douglas. Your thoughts on Quinn getting paid and the message it sends to the rest of the locker room that the Jets took care of one of their own. Yeah, I think it's a, a, it's a great message that, you know, he got paid um, and they got it done before training camp. Um, I, I did appreciate Reeves holding out um, for the hard knocks year uh, because that got me paid. So I, I, I didn't hate that. <laughs> um, so it, I'm sure hard knocks is probably mad because they lost the storyline. Um, but I, I think having that done now, um, you know, puts them in a good spot before training camp. So it's not looming. You know, players don't have to answer questions about it. Um, or, you know, hey, why isn't he here? Have you talked to him and all that stuff? So it takes a distraction away um, and, and really puts him in a good spot going into the season. Nick, we'll end with this. You had a lot of success with the Jets. We mentioned it. You were on that 2009 and that 2010 team that went to back-to-back championship games. What would be your biggest piece of advice you'd like to share with Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala, and all the key members of the 2023 Jets? Uh, enjoy the ride and, you know, work your butts off to get, to get there. Cause, uh, we were dying for a Super Bowl, and, uh, I wasn't able to do it, but hopefully they can. He's Nick Mangold. He's one of the greatest jets of all time. One of my favorite jets of all time. Nice enough to join us here tonight on 98.7 
ESPN. Nick, continued success. Congrats again on the Ohio State Hall of Fame honor, the Jets Ring of Honor honor. And, of course, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. We'll take a quick break and continue. Jake Asman with you here on 98.7 ESPN New York.